welcome to the Lioness Layer, where we exude the perfect balance of femininity and strength. Join our pride each week as we discuss an array of issues impacting women of diverse backgrounds while maintaining our focus of empowerment and growth. In this layer, we encourage, uplift, support, teach, mentor, and build while having fun doing it. Kick off your shoes, pull up a seat, and grab what you like to drink because you are in for a real treat. Welcome to the Lioness Layer. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us again on the Lioness Lair. Today, we're going to be talking about the blended family. How do we navigate blended families? But first, before I bring on my sisters, let me just explain, okay? <laughs> I didn't know that this was going to happen until today. So, therefore, I decided instead of last minute um, canceling the show, because I know a lot of people were looking forward to it, that I will go ahead and push forward. You know, I can still talk. I can still come on here. Yes, I have some things going on, but you know what they say, you know, one thing don't stop, no show. So here we are talking about the blended family, which I think is a very, very important uh, subject. So many of us have them or been in them, but we don't talk about some of the plus pluses of it, you know, some of the challenges that we may have and some of the outcomes, you know, that we've seen in our blended families. So right now I'm going to bring on my sister, Crystal, who also has experiences with blended families. So, hey, Chris, what's up? Uh, hey, boo. So let me say, I am once again looking at those earrings. You look fabulous. You look beautiful. Yeah. Um, period. You look beautiful. So I am so excited about this topic and I am Really excited that you took the opportunity to still come on. You are a true warrior. Um, I just think about Wakanda and the ladies that was marching out, and that is you. You are you are such a trooper, and I'm glad you're doing okay. You know, thoughts and prayers and everything are with you, but you still look beautiful, just so you know. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, all right, now we have Cece, also known as Carrie. What's up, girl? Hey, y'all. How you doing, Camille? Like Crystal said, man, you are absolutely a trooper. Uh, we're glad you're here. We could not do this without you. And we're not canceling the show. We are going to be authentically us as always and give the listeners what they're here for. So I'm excited to be here with y'all. I missed y'all since last week. Let's do this. I know. It feels like a little bit of time. So for our viewers out there, please, please, please don't forget to share. This is such an important topic. Many of us have been affected by it, but we don't talk about it openly enough, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> you know, so please, if you if you like what you see on a weekly basis, please share, you know, with your friends, your families or whatever. All right. So, ladies, we're going to jump right into this. Blended families. Man. Okay, I've had experience, not so much for me growing up in a blended family because my mother and father had all their children by each other, right? So there were five of us. I did have a, uh, we call them sister cousins, you know, uh, Andrew and Whitney, <laughs> who my mother, <laughs> we call them sister cousins, yeah. But my mother um, took in, you know, and helped to raise or they lived with us for a period of time. And so they're more like sisters than our cousins, but they are our biological cousins. But we didn't necessarily have a blended family where I had step siblings or, you know, my mom didn't take on someone else's, her, her spouse's children. So Crystal, I know that you have have some experience um, in this realm and we'll go around and give our experiences but you know let us know about your experience with a blended family so I will tell you um, this topic is very near and dear to my heart so I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a journey six degrees of separation when it comes to the blended family so um, my parents did divorce and both remarried both had kids and both of those individuals had kids. So um, my life growing up consisted of my biological brother and sister. And in addition to that, my stepbrother and my stepsister. So it was five of five children that lived in the house that also had really good relationships with their parents, with their parent that, you know, they were no longer their, their uh, mother was no longer living with. And then on the opposite side of that, I had stepbrothers and stepsisters from my mother's remarriage 
and have brothers and have sisters. So it was, to me, you don't know, and, and I want to liken this into, we don't know there's a difference until a difference is, is determined. So if you're in a family and you're in a household and it's blended, you know that's your brother and sister until lines are created and determined that you are not the same, such as race, such as whatever it is. Nobody knows until it's shown that there's a difference. So for me, I did not. Um, and I know we talked the last one about being uniquely you and so forth. And so we talked about some of our um, um, situations that happened in the past, but it really happened in school where I went to, mm -hmm. I went to school with my stepbrothers and stepsisters and they said, you're not their real sister. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I was like, I'm not like, I'm not really, but that's my brother. And that's my, that's my big brother. That's my big sister. So people didn't cause a step. I didn't cause a separation, but individuals look at the family cause a separation. So um, I know we'll talk about some specifics, but the um, individual's thoughts on it or divisiveness on it is what caused the divide between us. So that was my situation. And even as we got older, I still reach out to them, but it's not quite the same as I would want it to be because that is my big brother and big sister. They did teach me things, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's so important to make sure that if you're in a blended family, that's your brother and that's your sister. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I had uh, my children did the same thing. You know, it's often different. You know, some people believe that if you have the same mother, you're the same, you know, brother and sister is no question. But if you have um, the same father with different mothers that, you know, you're half or whatever. And it was shocking to me when my little one came home and said, mom, I said, what? She goes, is Kayla my half sister? And I'm like, where did you get that from? You know, like that's your sister. Well, so-and-so told me because we don't have the same father, then we're half. I said, well, you can tell so-and-so what they can do, you know, but I said, there's no halves. <laughs> there is no halves in this house. You know, I don't half treat you like my daughter and half treat her like one. You are my children, period, point blank. We don't do that other stuff. So, you know, let them know that. Go look, go run, tell that, right? <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's how I dealt with that. And that was the, the one and only time that I had to, you know, talk to my children about this half thing. So Carrie, share with us your experience, you know, in the blended family. So I did not grow up with a blended family. Um, however, I've, I've known enough people in them and I agree with both of you ladies. It, it's, there's no half in this, like, and, and to me, it's likened to when you're dating somebody, you're, you're, you know, if you have children yourself and you decide to date somebody, you're accepting that entire package deal. There is no half. There's no half love. And if you walk into the relationship with that type of mindset, I kind of feel like you're destined for trouble and failure already. If you continue to classify them as your uh, half children or your stepchildren or your what, what, whatever, they're your kids. Either they are or they're not. And I do feel like when you say those half and put those kind of determinators on them, like the children feel that and they feel the difference in that. So that's my perspective on it. And I, I, I definitely, I want to add on that. Um, words have power. Words have significant power. And I remember certain instances where it felt like the have and have nots. Mm -hmm. If you, and I know we're going to talk on this a little bit, but I want to look into this camera. And as somebody that um, is single and, you know, at my wise age, most likely I'm going to meet someone that has children. If I am willing to take on that role to be with someone that has children, their children should not feel as though they do not have an importance in my life, such as my own children. Not trying to take over their role as the mother or you know father, but they should know that they're just as important in my world and in my life. And I think that's a problem sometimes when it comes to blended families. But I'm sorry, Clay, come on. Absolutely. But that's a good segue because I know that although Carrie is not, you know, didn't grow up in a blended family and have one necessarily, she did have an experience with step parenting. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, from that point of view, and we'll, we'll talk about that, and this is kind of, you know, along what Crystal was saying, you know, when you have somebody else who has children, you know, how do you navigate that being the, the step parent, not trying to overstep uh, your boundaries in terms of, you know, trying to replace the mom or doing all of these things? How did that work out for you? So I will say it had some growing pains for sure. And I think those boundaries sometimes are, are created by the adults, right? Because the children don't know any difference. They want love. They want to play. They want to do what kids want to do, especially if they're younger. Um, but a lot of times if you have an outs a parent that's not in the household, right? They're, they're still trying to remind you, I am the parent. Don't discipline my child. Don't do her hair. Don't bring him here. When you start to create those boundaries, um, I think that may, um, you know, tell the other non-parent per se in that household, well, let me step back a bit. And that's what draws the line for that child. And that child will start to, to, to feel that and act out as well. So for me, um, when I got married, my husband had a child. And so she was my stepdaughter, um, but I didn't have any kids. This was my bonus baby. I was happy, you know. I for me, I was like, oh wait, I had a baby. I had to go through none of the pain, you know, whatever. And I, I tried to to treat her as such for a long time. It took a while for her mother to to get uh, comfortable. And in her defense, I think she didn't want to be replaced. So it was my responsibility as a woman to let her know you can never be replaced, no matter what. I cannot do what you do. All hats off to you, you know, and give her that respect and. It, you know, she unfortunately passed away a few years ago um, uh, from cancer, uh, but we maintained a relationship of respect and she knew that I wasn't trying to take her place as mother, nor could she take my place as wife. And we both kept our corners and we, we all had the child's best interest at heart. And so it kind of worked out well, but it, I, I, if I said it was easy and it, it, it worked out well immediately, I would be lying for sure. So how did you broach that conversation? I mean, because that's a hard conversation to have. Like, you know, when did you know it was the right time to have it? You know, was there a specific incident that, you know, brought that on or let us know about that? So there was one point where we just started out and she would be like, well, you can't do her hair. And I don't want this woman doing this for my daughter. And it, it did go that route for a while. Right. Or she would say, the, you know, call my ex-husband a particular time at night that I thought was inappropriate and said, oh, the baby's sick. I need you to come over. And so he would go. And after a while, one day I said, you know, oh, we going. And so we started going. The baby's sick. Oh, we all going. This is a family. Oh, we having a cookout. We going. If we're having a birthday party, we're all going. And after a while, she just had to get used to me because we are a unit. And so when he goes, I go. When we make a decision, we make a decision. And you're not going to control this household, mother or not, right, with what you yeah. think should happen to your child when they're in this household, as long as they're taken care of. And I'm not crossing any particular boundaries. And my husband and I made the decision on what was appropriate for discipline or whatever the case is. I'm sorry, but you can't have that much of a say. And so, it, like I said, it took some growing pains. Um, but it's it's a conversation that needs to have. And we had to have it woman to woman and get him out of it, too, because Sometimes men are not really good at this and they don't know how to approach it. So they kind of beat around the bush, which complicates it a little more. So as women, we had to sit down and, you know, sometimes words are exchanged and things that need to be said are said and people's feelings get hurt on both ends. Um, you know, I mean, it's been many times she told me, you wouldn't understand you're not a mother. I got to take that. You're right. I'm not. And you wouldn't understand because you're not a wife. So you got to take that, right? <laughs> petty Lapita over here. I'm no, just um, saying. This is true. Never said I wasn't it's petty. Yeah. And a lot of women would take that as, you know, when you're like, oh, we going, you know, oh, she insecure. He needs to be over here. But, you know, it's like I'm calling at all hours of the night because, you know, the child needs them. But that is a conversation because there still are boundaries that have to be respected, you know, on both sides. Um, you know, you can't just because if you're not calling during the day, don't be calling all the time in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Or you have to expect that this is a family unit and we are going to make sure that the children are okay. But, so Crystal, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Cece. I was just saying, you're exactly right. And so you have to learn to match petty with petty. Okay. I'm okay with that. And so I want to know, I mean, now my stepdaughter does have sickle cell. And so she does get ill a lot. Um, but she only got ill after 10 o'clock at night. I don't understand. 
you know, the night, the nighttime, the pressure drops, you know, get a little cooler and make <laughs> some, you know, some things happen. <laughs> but you know, but real talk though, you know, that's that's a conversation that really has to be had that we yeah. often kind of skip around or like you said, beat around the bush because it's a hard conversation to confront another woman about one, your boundaries in your home as a wife or your children, mm-hmm. you know, without feeling like they're trying to take over or come be a wedge or anything like that. So Crystal, you know, I have my own experiences, but Crystal, you know, being kind of, your your situation is a little bit different. I know we were talking about your um you know, growing up family, but right now you're kind of in this transition or whatever. Yes. So tell us, tell us how you deal with so, that. So let me tell you, um, and I'm an open book. So my ex-husband um, is currently, you know, in a situation where he is looking to remarry, right? Like he's looking to remarry. And I love what Carrie said because there's two ways to handle this. Now, I'm gonna be honest as someone that was in a relationship with somebody and had a life plan and a future plan. And then um, like Beyonce said, and bring the alarm. She'd be like, I've been through this too long. I'd be damned if I see another chick on your arm. Like women have to let that go. When the relationship is over, the dreams and what is going on is over. And that person has a right to continue that trajectory with somebody else. So some individuals, so um, my husband's, uh, ex-husband's relationship, his ex-husband's girlfriend, she's reached out. And I'm going to tell you, it is very awkward. (laughs) It is super awkward for the person that you thought you were going to be with forever to their girlfriend to reach out and say, your daughter doesn't seem to like me. Like, what can I do? What do I need to do? What What are things she like? She likes because a part of you as a mother wants to be defensive mm-hmm. and say, it's nothing because you ain't her mama. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, it hurts nothing but the child yes. when you cause that wedge. Now, we see in the news where people are sitting there leaving their kids with people they know for two days and somebody else and all sorts of stuff. But I have respect for the fact that his girlfriend reached out to me to say, your daughter doesn't seem to like me. What is it that I can do to help this situation? Yes. And I'm like, drop that zero. I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. But what I said was my daughter has Like, here's some things. Here's some things. She doesn't like this. She doesn't like that. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to move on. And he's going to move on. And I want that person to be a bonus parent in my child's life. So it's not my job. to What we had no longer is. And it is not my job to sabotage what's going on. Because as a, I'm, I'm going to, once again, look directly into the camera. <laughs> you can impact your child's view on relationships and marriage and love by playing games with your ex and their relationship. So if it's something that you are upset because it didn't work out, you have to learn how to let it go. Yes. And so... My daughter is, she just, you know, 10th grade. My youngest is going into the first grade now. I want her and him to, I don't get any relationship issues, but when it comes to my children, I want, that's a bonus mom. In my eyes, if they work out, that's a bonus mom. Now I do want to caveat. It's important to be careful if the person in the relationship that you were with is just introducing men and women into the relationship. That's going to mess up a child too. But if you know that it's serious, don't hinder it. Support it. Support that person. You know what I mean? Like, support that. It did not work out. Let it go, sis and bro. And let them be that bonus parent in your child's life. Because it makes you look bitter and hateful when you sit there and try to say something negative about the new relationship 
that that individual's with. So I'm not gonna lie, it took some praying and some some saging, but I I moved on, and I now am very kind to her, and we have conversations. I am her mother, but that's another female that she can have a conversation with, and I'm and I'm okay with that as long as it's healthy and happy. Now, if it doesn't, in the words of Tupac, ain't a killer, but don't push me. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I am, I, I want them, I want my ex to move on, have a relationship and grow and be happy. And it's going to be with another mm-hmm. woman and I want it to be healthy. So that is, w- women and men have to stop being bitter because their people move on. Yes. You have to Absolutely. stop being bitter. Absolutely. I think that's good. Um, You know, hey, Matthew, thanks for joining us. Thanks, King and Fran and Seth. You know, we see you guys on here. We appreciate you uh, showing us some love and support. Um, But like you said, you know, a lot of times it boils down to bitterness. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, It's those unresolved feelings about that person or they did you, you know, dirty and you expected to spend the the rest of your life with them. Now they have moved on. And, you know, we, we say it's about the children, but really it's about our unresolved issues. And so even with my youngest daughter, it was a little bit different with us. So um, her and her fought my her and well, her father and I, let me go back, uh, you know, we were supposed to get married and we both decided that we weren't going to, right? So showed up for the wedding, never went to the ceremony. So everything was planned and everything. People called and like, y'all come and we were like, mm. <laughs> it just didn't happen. And so, um, you know, it was a lot of things in the background that played, but we had made a decision to co-parent. But when he introduced another woman, it was kind of like, because we were still kind of going through some things, you know what I mean? And so um, I remember, I'll never forget the first time that I allowed her to go, he had moved from overseas to the States and, you know, they came and picked her up. It was the first time she had ever met her. Her name is Tiffany. I call her my other baby mama. I'll explain that a little bit later, but, um, you know, and my daughter came back from one visit and was like, yeah, my mom this. And I'm like, wait, who mama? Like, who you calling mama, you know? And she was like, you know, my Tiffany. And I was like, hold up. Who are you calling mama? Like, I'm the only mama you got, you know? And so I called Tiffany and I said, hey, you know, did you tell my daughter to call you mom? And she was like, no, I didn't. She was like, she just started calling me mom. You know, she said, but I didn't want to. She said, I'm not going to tell her she can't if that's how she feels because I don't want her, you know, her to feel any type of way. Like I'm, you know, pushing her away. She was like, so if she wants to call me mom, then I'm okay with her calling mom. And I'm like, don't you think that's a conversation that you and I should have first? You know what I mean? And I still think that it was. But however, it wasn't that she said, call me mom. My daughter did. But I did have the wherewithal to ask my daughter why you called her mom. Like, you just met this woman. Why would you call her mom? She said, I don't know, because I love her. Then I said, well, why do you love her? And you just met her. She said, because she's nice to me. She was three years old at the time. And I was like, because she's nice to you? Like, you don't even know her. She was like, I just wanted to call her mom. And so I had to consider my children, you know, how she felt. And I'm like, okay. If in this little bit of time, this woman has made her feel that welcome that she wants to call her mom, there might be something to it. And so instead of putting up those walls, we began to know get to know each other. And we had conversations. We went on vacations together. You know, if I went to South Carolina, she was like, girl, don't worry about getting a hotel. I got a room in here right here. You know, and I would stay with the family. We would go, even her family and my mom, they lived in the same city. So they would get together and things like that. But what happened was by removing self, (laughs) you know, understanding the other person, it ain't her fault they're together, right? She's just another woman who's in a relationship and she actually is an a wonderful woman, you know, and she took care of my daughter. When I was deployed, she would take care of my daughter. Her father was sick, you know, before he passed away, yeah, ALS. And she's the one that took care of my daughter on top of being a caretaker for her father for six months out of a year. You know, she made sure she had everything that she needed. I did not have to worry about anything. When I would come back or whatever, we make sure we go to the fairs together. We go to Great Wolf Lodge together. We do all this. And what happened was my family grew exponentially because not only was my daughter accepted, but they accepted me and my older daughter. And they treated my older daughter the same. Her father abandoned her. 
but she had a whole nother family that accepted her, you know? And so her situation, she felt love that she didn't get from her own family. She felt from somebody else. And so, you know, it was, it was taking self out of it. I realized we're not together anymore. And I'm glad that he found somebody who loved my daughter as much as I loved her and that would do anything for her and make sure that she was taken care of to the utmost extent. You know, she bought my daughter sushi every day um, as a snack coming home. Sorry, baby, when I get there, it ain't gonna happen. It's too expensive for my blood. But you know, she did that for her. And so taking self out of it really grew our family. Not only that family, but his extended family. You know, my ex-husband and my children have so much family and so much love that it's ridiculous. So I'm grateful for that lesson early on. So anyway, I see a question here from Seth and it says, what about when a parent asks you to call the new spouse, mom or dad, after the biological one passes away? Very quickly before I give it over to my sisters, I'm gonna say, I think that again, we should consider the children's feelings because children also feel a certain loyalty to their parent. You know, like this is not my mom. If they don't have that specific connection where it's natural to them, or you have that open conversation with them to say, it's okay. You know, if you love her like a mother, it's okay. It doesn't replace your mom. You know, you just add on, this is somebody else who will love you like your mom. Then, um, you know, we have to consider that. And we have to have these conversations, which we don't a lot in the blended family. So sisters, I'm gonna start with Carrie. Um, Carrie, tell me how you feel about that. Well, if I had children, I don't think I would ever, and, and the, uh, their father passed away, I don't think I would ever ask another, um, them to call another person dad. Um, that's just me saying that at this point. Uh, when I was married, you know, now it's now now it's known as uh, the side chick Mother's Day or whatever. But when I was married, I always celebrated Mother's Day the day after Mother's Day. So before Mother's Day, my ex husband and I, whether he liked it or not, we were going to go get her something for Mother's Day. We'd take his daughter and we'd make sure she got something for Mother's Day. That is her day. It's not my day. All right. And so in, in his mind to recognize me in my own way, then he would celebrate um, Mother's Day the day after. So it doesn't take away from her day. So I think how we make up like names for grandma, whether it's G-ma or Glamma or something like that. It depends on the age of your child, obviously. Right. But sit with your children and, and make come up with something else to represent mom. Um, have that conversation with them so they don't feel like their mom or their father is being replaced by someone new. And I don't think that's something that parents should force their children to do, especially if a parent has passed away. That could be traumatic for that child. Um, and they may be too young to express what that really feels like for them. And all they know is now you're telling them to call this person mom and dad, which is not their mom and dad. And they could grow up resenting that person just based on just that. So I don't think I would do it. And I don't think it's appropriate, but that's just me. Yeah, I definitely, I know you're on mute, Camille. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> I was, I'm sorry. So I was saying for, for me, you like- You were going in, sis. I was, right? <laughs> Just mute, trying to mute this, this background sniffle is what I was doing. But, um, you know, like for my daughter, she's the one that brought it up. So we had to have that conversation about that, you know, and then with my ex-husband, my ex-husband and her father, um, as he was getting sick and everything, they had a conversation about that. And so her father, before he passed on, he passed the torch to my ex-husband and said, basically, when I'm gone, she's going to be yours now. Please take care of my daughter. And so that was a conversation that they had. And so my daughter calls him dad, you know, to everybody else. They think that that's her biological father. We often explain that. But and so he has continue to fill that role. And truth be told, he was there for more of her life than her biological father, just because of yeah. distance and all that kind of stuff. But again, it was a conversation that was had. So everybody was included in that and everybody was comfortable in the roles. And even my, my baby mama, I call her, depending on who my daughter is with, it's either mom or the other mom. So if she's staying with her, her stepmother and I come visit, it's mom and I'm the other mom. And then if she's here and Tiffany comes, then I'm mom and she's the other mom. 
I don't get jealous. I know who the mama is. You know, I'm her biological mom, but she also has someone who loves and cares for her as deeply and equally as I do. And that's a blessing. And I had to look at it that way. That is a blessing. So I don't get jealous or feel any type of way. We laugh about it all the time. So go ahead, Crystal. I see you over there. So, I'm going to tell you this right here. So you guys know um, I'm a music and movie like buff. And there was a movie in 1998 called Stepmom with Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon. And I'm telling you, and yeah. the mom had a terminal illness and the dad had moved on. And she, so I'm telling you, it's called Stepmom. If you're ever in that situation in 1998, I was young, girl, so young, <laughs> but I was younger. And I remember watching that movie and it didn't make sense because I, you know, didn't have kids, wasn't, you know, married, none of that stuff. But it talked about the relationship between a mother. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, mothers are going to die and the stepmoms are going to take over. But <laughs> what I'm saying is it talks about the humbling fact of the importance. I know, Bruner, it was so sad. It was so sad. I'm going to put up there. Hey, Jen. So it was very sad. Put up there for a little bit longer where it talked about the dynamic between the mother and the stepmother. And mm -hmm. I always talk about how life is so fleeting. Life is short. Even if you live a hundred years, that's still short when you think about how long that, you know, um, the earth has been around. So it's important to develop those boundaries. And to go back to the question that Seth asked, I'm telling you, I have a 15-year-old and a six-year-old. The answer for my 15-year-old would be so different than my six-year-old. My 15-year-old does not play. That is mama's baby, right? My six-year-old is, but he hasn't had as much time with mom. No one can replace mom to my 15-year-old. And if that person ever tried, they would break the bond that they could work on. So what I've seen individuals do, whether it's a situation where they pass or a situation where they moved on, you wait till the child calls you what they want to call you. If they want to call you Steve or Mr. Bob, that's what they want to call you. If you force it, it's not going to work. And there's going to be trust what I'm saying it is going to be some issue with the parent that's still alive mm -hmm. and that child. Because, you know, and I'm going to say this, once again, looking directly in the camera, when you try to make your child do something, that child will grow older and they will grow to resent you. Because they're going to start that um, equilibrium in the front that develops as they get older is going to start to get stronger. And they are going to realize things that you made them do that they didn't necessarily want to do. So yes, very good point and all good point, ladies. I'm gonna take myself off the solo screen. I love y'all. So <laughs> Camille, if you don't mind. Uh, so, you know, Mike's husband's, um, the mother of his first daughter passed away. She, she, she passed away a few years ago. And, you know, for me, we're not married. We haven't been married for a very long time. But it was important when he called me and told me he was broken up about it because um, he absolutely had a level, of, a level of love and respect for her as the mother of his child. And it was important for me to know that when he called me, that I had built that relationship enough with my stepdaughter, who was a teenager at this point, that if she needed me, I could be there. And if you're going to be in a child's life um, at, at any degree, it's an investment, okay? It is an investment. It is not about that parent. It is not about how you feel or whatever. They're not an accessory on your arm. It's an investment because when real life happens and a parent passes or something like that, you want that child to be able to come to you for comfort or whatever it is. It's not as important as what you're called. It's the fact that the child calls you. That's what. I, that's how I look at it. You know, as long as they're not disrespectful, I don't care what you call me. It's the fact that when you're in a time of need or you need comfort or you're hurting or whatever, that you know that I've invested in you and you know that you can trust me and you can call me. I think that's really what's important. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And and for me, I just never like my my Tiffany is her name, you know, my, my other baby mama, as I call her. Um, Tiffany is still here. Like every birthday, every holiday, every milestone of my daughter, I get a card, I get money and she gets Christmas presents. You know, she calls and just, you know, chit chats, me and her call and chit chat, because like you said, it's a lifelong investment. You know, it's not just a, you know, I'm here while the father is here. That Let me say this. Pause, rewind. That happens a lot. And what often doesn't happen is the children aren't involved in those situations. So a child knows that this person is here, and then all of a sudden the relationship goes sour, and then it breaks them apart, right? And so they start having somewhat abandonment issues. And we don't talk about that with our children, which is a conversation that I had to have with mine, which was a little bit different. You know, that, hey, this person is was here, is no longer here, and we didn't talk about that. And this is how I'm feeling about it. And so I was kind of like, it kind of brought me back like, oh, you know, we don't involve our children in those conversations. I'm not saying that we have to stop what we're doing or, you know, if it's not a good situation and we need to get out of it. But again, we have to consider our children, you know, and then those people that we have making sure they're, they're a good stock for our children. I'm very, very specific. I have conversations about how I feel about my children, about the the blended family that I do have and, and what our roles are, you know what I mean, from the jump so that there's no confusion. Because mm -hmm. even though I'm not married to my ex-husband, he is still my children's father and nobody has the right to tell me different. Nobody. And if you do try, then you and I are going to have a problem, not me and him, because we are very much in our roles you know, we have very strict boundaries. We are very good friends now, very good friends, because he also has a son that is my bonus son. And I will be there for him whenever he needs me. If you trust me, you're going to have to trust me all the way. But this is the way my family looks, and nobody has the right to tell me or us that it's wrong. Nope, I agree so much. I, 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 um, I do have a question for you as well. So mm -hmm. when it came to your blended family, how did you handle disrespect or discipline when it came to the blended family? Because legally, you got to watch your parameters. I mean, legally, if someone is not your dependent and you have them in the car and the person's mm -hmm. parent calls, they can say that they feel like their child's in danger. So how did you handle discipline? I just, it's a question. So um, I'll be honest, it was difficult when I had to deal with the other side um, for, you know, specifically the children that are not mine. Um, but I had to let them know, too, that I would never hurt anybody's children. I would never disrespect them or make them feel like they're less than. However, comma, I have rules in my house. They may not apply to your house, but they apply to mine and everybody under my roof is going to abide by them. You will not cuss in my house. I'm sorry, no kid has the right to be cussing nobody out or spelling or doing anything like that. So I did have an incident where um, one of my bonus children was there and cussing and everything. And the mom was called because I said, oh no, this is not gonna happen. And it was like, well, I allow him to do boop, 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 boop. And I said, well, this is my house and it's not gonna happen, you know? And so we had to make a decision one time to send him back home on the train early. And I did not want that to happen. I wanted him to stay. I wanted him to be there, but he had to understand that rules apply. You go to somebody else's establishment, you just don't do what you wanna do because there are consequences. It's not that I don't love you, but I'm showing you that I love you enough that there's no separation between my children and yours. And you, know, and you. we all in this together. We do this together. We don't sit and pick and do all these types of things. And I'm not going to treat you differently than I treat my children and make them feel like, oh, you know, you're, you're catering to him more than you are to us. You allow him to get away. No, the rule is the rule. So it was difficult. There was a lot of arguments that was with, you know, with my, I'm going to say my bonus son specifically. Um, we lost a lot of time. And, and, you know, that still was hard. And it wasn't until he was graduating that me and his mom were able to sit down and say, you know, we lost a lot of years. I wish we would have been able to come together sooner and do some things better. And knowing that, you know, I had his best interest in heart. And I I'm not trying to replace you. 
I'm not trying to replace you. However, I have rules. I have boundaries. You know, my love extends, but my love also for even for my own children has consequences. You can't just do what you want to do. So. No, I definitely, I agree wholeheartedly. And I've never been in a relationship where someone had kids. I haven't been in a relationship since my last relationship. But if I was in a relationship with someone that had kids, I would ask that person Mm -hmm. to have, to step in and to have more conversation because that is the Mm -hmm. biological parents, the legal guardian. Mm -hmm. And I would ask them like, my fear, I guess, would be like, let's say I was in a relationship with someone with a kid with, with, you know, bonus children. I love your word choice, bonus children. And that person that I was with was like, well, you handle it. I'm like, nah, I need you to have, I need you to be up in that too. I need you to have some discussion in that too. I need some of your backing because it seems like it's me against your ex. And mm-hmm. where do I go? Yeah. Um, Camille, you're going to, I'm not Camille. Carrie, you have something in there? So I, I've lived that life. And at this age, when you're dating, most people you meet are going to have children. And so it is a conversation. But the truth is, if you're in the same household, you can't always wait for that other parent to come around. I can't always be like, stay over there in the corner and wait for your daddy. And I hate to tell you, but some of these little kids, they know exactly what they're doing because they want to push the envelope enough to where they can call their mom and be like, can you believe what Miss Carrie did to me? And then that starts an argument between you and, and, and your partner. And I have been in that position too many times to where it got to a point where I said, you know what, I'm not dating any more men with children because every decision I make is secondary to what they make essentially. Uh, but it can be done. It's really a, a, a conversation during a dating stage. It's it's a developing conversation that says, how do you handle discipline? You have to have these conversations when you're dating. And I say this, and Camille, I don't know if I'm, I don't want to try to steal your thunder, but I say this all the time. Not because you're dating someone and you chose that person means your children are going to choose them. Okay. Sometimes the child just don't like you and you have to work through that. Listen, you may like them. Oh, he fine. And the, the, the child may not feel that same level of love or whatever from them. And parents need to be realistic about that. Yes. I've seen so many people get in relationships with people and their children are just hate that person for what for whatever reason, whatever reason. Talk to your children about that. Yes, that is Talk such big facts. And sometimes the children don't like you because their other parent does not want the like person you. to be. So there I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Let me let me just I'm gonna lay my cards on the table, right? If I was with somebody, I'm not gonna sit there and fight day and night because your kid does not like me. Then I yeah. realize that maybe we can't we can't be friends. I'm not joking, we can be friends, but we can't <laughs> be in a relationship because I'm not gonna that's not a battle. Because at the end of the day, if a man or a woman and you got your kids, your kids are there for life. And if you choose me over your kids, then I'm suspect about you anyway, because of the fact that I understand that you have to move on and have a relationship, but I'm not battling the kids and their mama and everybody else. So I think that you should work on it. You should try to cultivate it, but that's not a battle that I'm gonna fight for years and years and years. And I've seen that happen. My, my stepmom, and my stepmom is my mom. I call her all the time. She was there when my kid was born. Me and my stepmom, she was so strict. She is so strict. I love her to death. And there was times, I love what you said, Carrie and Camille, where I knew what I was doing. But you know what? My dad would not allow me to disrespect his wife. He would not. That's the key he would, point. He would shut it down. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, mommy. <laughs> Like, I couldn't come in and play mom versus dad. So once I realized that, that's my Mm -hmm. mom. Like, she helped my daughter first. She was there when, you know, things happen. I call her all the time. That's, I love my biological mom, but she's my mother. Like, she raised me. And, um, you know, hope no hurt feelings, but she raised me. And so, but I never saw my dad let me check her yes he would he would get in the minute i'm like daddy he's like yeah what like you're like that's my wife like you're not gonna disrespect so there was a balance and there's a good question on here from our brother larry from the den shout out to the lions pride network in the den 
He said, as a step parent, is it necessary to adopt when you're married? So I'm going to speak on it and then everybody else to do their thing. I don't think adoption is necessary. Ne like, I don't think it's a necessary thing. I think it's an option, but I don't think it's like you have to. My stepmom never adopted us. And I still keep in contact with her. Be very careful <laughs> with the adoption <laughs> word. I, and, 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 and not because it's not important, but that individuals, unless that mother and father is not present, then you are taking that parent who wants to be in their child's life role from them. Yes. So if that parent is, I've seen people adopt and it's fine. But if that parent is present, I don't think it's necessary to do that. What do you think, you guys? What do you think? I don't I, think I don't it's... Think... Go ahead, Camille. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Susie. So I don't think it's... I agree with you. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's an option if, if a parent is missing, per se. You know, one person has passed away or a parent is absent in their life or whatever. But to Crystal's point, be very, be very honest about their absence, right? Not the absence that you made up. Well, I don't want him no more. So we're together now. And so I want, I'm going to get you a new daddy. Okay. I'm going to get you a new daddy and we're going to change your name. And that allows me to forget about the hurt and the pain of my failed relationship over here. So I, I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think that's kind of underhanded. And I think you're just putting your children in the middle of your drama to grow up with more trauma. So I don't, mm -mm. That there has to be a specific situation where that child is missing an active parent. And the other thing, too, is a lot of people I see, they adopt the children, but then eventually, sometimes down the line, they get divorced. And then they have to realize that those are your children. So now you're, you're, you are financially obligated to these children. Mm -hmm. And then they got to fight that, like, oh, now it ain't your child. You know, you got a daddy over there. No, this is now your child. You signed all the paperwork that says you will be legally, emotionally, mentally, physically responsible for this child. And a lot of times that does not, you know, that conversation doesn't happen. And let me go to, to Larry's point. He said, y'all giving these kids too much power. Brother, I wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> I'm going to okay? comment back up for you, sis. <laughs> I disagree. He says, hold no. on, opinions and feelings, unless they're being mistreated or abused, they have no input, really. Parents deserve happiness, too. I think you yes. misunderstood yes. the point. Okay, parents do deserve happiness. However, sometimes there's some things that our children pick up on that we don't see, for one. Sometimes we hide things from our children. Children can be undercover, mis mis I've seen it, abused and, you know, little things here and there and, you know, things said. But the point of it is that we have to consider our, I didn't say don't make the decision and let the children drive it. That's not what I said. I, I said okay. we have to have the conversation and see how they, they feel so that we can talk them through it. I've had to do it, you know, and my child's input is very important to me. I need to know how she feels because they grow up with these unresolved issues surrounding, you know, step parents or other parents and things like that. When it could have been a conversation that we could have clarified some things, we should still hear our children's point of view, but then explain to them our our stance. And ultimately, we're the adult and the parent, and we're going to make the decision that's best for us. But it doesn't hurt to hear them out, make them feel valued, like their input is heard. And then you can say, "I hear what you're saying." However, comma, mom and dad deserve to be happy too. And this is what I'm choosing to do. And we'll continue to have that conversation. So I, I wholeheartedly disagree. So, and that's rare. <laughs> I have a real life story. Can I add this real quick? If my mama is watching, I'm so sorry. If my brother is watching, he's going to crack up. So my mom used to, my mom and my stepdad got divorced. And we weren't living with her for a long time. I grew up with my aunt for, for many years. And then we finally went back to live with my mom. Um, when she was done with school and all the stuff. But anyway, so my mom started dating after her and my stepdad broke up. And I promise you, to Larry's point, she couldn't keep no man. Every man she brought home, we ran away. When I tell you, we were the worst children on purpose. We we did not, we were not ready to share her with anybody. She was just trying to live her life and be happy and go back into the dating world and do her thing. And we were like, no way. I don't know who this is. Every man that she brought around, it was to a point where after a while, she just stopped dating because they were like, I can't deal with your kids. I mean, it, we, we were bad, bad <laughs> we, on purpose. So 
I do think it deserves a conversation with your children to say what's happening with you, what's going on with you. You know, I'm going to integrate this person in our life or mommy or daddy's going to start dating again. How do you feel about it? She never had that conversation with us. She just assumed she was the adult and she was going to bring some man around here. We was like, oh, yeah. okay." So you thought you was in charge until (laughs) until you introduced that man to your children. And he was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to date you anymore. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) <laughs> oh she gonna be mad she gonna be mad mad she gonna be big mad. I, know. I am i am telling you yeah. so for me and everybody's different everybody's different so everybody has their own thoughts and you know perspective so for me since i'm no longer since i am not with my kid's father i'll be honest my kids come first now i believe in a relationship you know a marriage this is me traditional me I'm still a savage, so don't tell nobody this, just between us on here. I believe that the man in my life, you know, is the head of the household. Don't tell nobody, because I'll deny it. But I feel like my kids are, it's the man and the kids. But I don't have, but right now my kids are first. Yeah. So, like, I feel as though it's important for me to make sure that it's not a revolving door. Yes. And whoever I talk to, before a man meets my children, it is, it's, it's a huge act before yes. that they meet my children. And so, because once you determine or, or woman for the men or whoever you, whoever you love, you understand free love, um, whoever you love before they meet your children, it's important for you to ensure that this is not um, like a one and done or a wham, yeah. bam, or this and this and that. So I believe that my children have to be comfortable, but not necessarily in agreement, but comfortable. Yes. Because we have seen too many situations where individuals have invited people to their house to watch their kids, and it's not a safe situation. And you're like, how did you have this person around your kids around and you knew them for like, three months and now they're watching your kids and then something crazy happens. So it's just very important to make sure that the people you introduce in your kid's life is because you see more of a future with them, but I'm still savage. That's my time. Listen, I thought my mom probably, this is over a matter of years y'all. So for five years, she probably thought one of these guys were going to be good, but we wasn't having it. You understand? At that point we had been separated for five years prior to And truthfully, what it was is as children, we wanted our mom's attention. She never brought us in the conversation, asked us how we felt. And we didn't know how to articulate that either. So what we did was sabotage it. I'm talking about some stuff I probably can't talk about on here, but real sabotage, like for real. What y'all doing in there? Why the sheets up? Are y'all doing something? That's nasty. Wasn't someone else here yesterday? Um, um, Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I'm sorry. I got a lot of weapons. I got a lot of weapons when I was younger. Believe that. And I I, I remember this one particular guy, man. He was good looking, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. She really liked him. She really did. And he had a white BMW. I remember scratching the hell out of that car. I hated him. I hated him because he was taking all her time and she was smiling all the time. You don't smile with us. You know what I mean? We was bad, bad, y'all. But that's what I'm saying. If you, if you, you know, potentially, if your mom would have had those conversations, like, what's going yes. on with you? Because yes. I had to have them with my children too, and then we had to, I had to hear them to say, these are my concerns. I feel like X, Y, and Z, and then we had to go into conversation about, you know, is it, you're only seeing one side of it. You know, let me fill you in on maybe the things that you didn't see or you don't know or the other side of it, you know, and however you feel, you're not going to be disrespectful. You know, look, I was grown then. okay, (laughs) but but, you know, kids have that other thing, too, that they have to be comfortable also. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) they have to be comfortable in the house that they're living in. So that requires conversations, you know, because kids grow up resenting their parents. I was never included. Nobody ever asked me how I felt. I never liked this person because of X, Y, and Z. You didn't know that they did X, Y, and Z to me. And so that's what I'm saying. It's not that kids are the decision makers. 
but we still have to hear them to see what their concerns are so that we can have good conversation to hash out any misconceptions or, you know, misunderstandings that there may be about another person coming into the family. So they don't do what Carrie did. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, for us too, you know, <laughs> unfortunately there was some, um, in, in, in my family dynamics, some, somewhere in the line, there was some child molestation. So I looked at men already at that level, like, I don't know you, you're a stranger danger. You know, but my mom never had that conversation with us uh, just because at that, at that that's not what that generation did. You know what I mean? And it, I think it does. Um, if I had children now, I think it does deserve a conversation. Matter of fact, if I'm dating someone now, I try to have a conversation with the men that I'm dating and say, hey, is it okay if I talk to the mother? And is it okay if I talk to the child if they're old enough? And I want them to be comfortable with me. It, we all have to have a conversation about expectations and respect and boundaries so that child can feel comfortable because ultimately, you know, they're the ones that are important in all of this. They are. They are. And so we have to to consider again, because my mom, I remember my mom used to say, she, she said this too, you know, um, as she learned and we learned with this whole blended family dynamic or step parent or whatever. My mom used to always, I know he is a mess today, but she used to tell us, she was like, you know, it's important to take care of your kids or to listen to your kids. She said, because men come and go, but children are yours forever. Which means that they have to be considered, you know, because you can divorce that person and they'll be gone that moment. But your children, you're responsible for them for the rest of your life and theirs. And so that's really, really important to consider. So, you know, with this, ladies, I know we only have a few minutes uh, left on here. So, Carrie, if you want to, you know, leave us with some words, some, you know, maybe some areas. There's a lot of areas that we didn't touch, but we yeah. don't have a whole lot of time to go into it. So do you want to leave us with some words on how you feel about the blended family or, you know, anything enlightening, you know, that you want to share? Yeah. So, um, yeah, blend to me, a blended family can work. Any family can work. It, it requires um, love and respect and, and attention on uh, to both the adults and the children equally. Um, it requires a conversation, um, not because children are youth, doesn't mean they don't know what they're feeling. They may not articulate the way that you understand, but I, I encourage families who are considering dating or getting married or integrating two families and blending those two to have those conversations with their spouses, um, with their uh, spouses, children, other parents as well, include them. Um, let them know that you're here for for good and not for evil. Take yourself out of it in the level of pettiness um, and, and, and just love on each other. And I promise you, if you keep those things at the forefront, I think it will work out just fine. That's it. Absolutely. Crystal, give us some of your last words before we wrap this up. So let me tell you this right here. And I, I've said a lot, um, coming from a blended family, um, and because of my wise age, I'll probably end up in a blended family. Um, don't get, like, you know, like if you can't deal with it, don't get in it. Don't mess up a child's life. Don't mess up a family structure because you're in love with the mom or the dad. If you don't want to blend the family, then don't get in a blended situation, right? If understand that it's a package deal. So if you want me, if you want Crystal Leela, I got two kids that come with me in a house and good credit and some other stuff, but in a pension. <laughs> but if you don't want what comes with me, then stay in your place because those kids, I can't divorce. You know, even though sometimes I be feeling away, I can't. <laughs> Those are my heartbeats. And I am going to, so if you don't want it, that's that's what it comes with. And I feel, it's just my personal opinion, you have to understand the trauma that you cause to kids as well as men and women if you get into a blended family and you're not ready to treat everybody mm -hmm. like family. Don't use titles. Shout out to you, Camille, for saying bonus child, things like words have power. I know we were short on time. I love you guys. Thanks for coming through. 
Kiona, like, thank you. My shoulders. All right, go ahead. I'm good. I'm good. Yes. And and just to let you know, only for the sake of these podcasts, do I call him my bonus son. He's just my son. Um, so I don't make a differentiation when I'm talking about him or to him. He's just my son. But, um, you know, with all this said, I just say consider the children. It doesn't mean that they make the decisions for you, but talk them through it. Help them to understand what this looks like. Let everybody be involved so everybody can, we can establish boundaries. We know that people are valued. They're opinion, if there's something going on that we don't know, we make that space for them to talk to us and then help them to see it. And the other thing I know King talked about the age appropriateness. I had the conversation with a three-year-old. Sometimes as adults, we put limits, well, oh, they're not ready for this, but they really are. You know, when we start them young, we can have age appropriate conversations in language they can understand so that as they grow, the conversation grows and then they're, you know, we're, we're all in it. So anyway, I just want to thank you guys uh, for joining us on this segment. We might do a second uh, part. I don't know yet. Uh, we'll discuss that as the layer. But thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful night and week. And we hope that something that we says may resonate and help blend these families a little bit better so that we have well-rounded, um, valued, accepted children. All right, y'all. Have a wonderful night. Take care. Bye. Bye.